Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, Charlotte Hornets fan? It is I, Darian Thomas, the host of the Believe in Hornets podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we have exciting news. The Charlotte Hornets jump up two spots in order to hopefully draft a certain player. I'm not going to say who we'll get into the end to the show, but they're hopefully drafting a certain player. The Spurs won it. Uh, we didn't get Victor Wimbanyama. The Spurs won the draft lottery and are at number one, uh, where they more than likely 100% will be taking the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, they'll be taking Victor Wimbanyama. Charlotte is at two, where we have a choice between Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, and that is mostly what this podcast episode is going to be about. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I do know we are going to be talking about these players in depth and kind of just talking about things I see. Uh, Without further ado, I mean, really, let's just go ahead and get into it. So we'll start with Brandon Miller. I've been talking about a lot about Scoot tonight. So that maybe, you know, tip your hat to where tip my hat to where I, you know, what I like. But we're going to talk about Brandon Miller first, just because I don't think Brandon Miller is a bad prospect at all. I think he should go three. My thing with Brandon Miller is that he was a riser throughout the season. He came in and he was what? Tenth, twelfth. Somewhere late in the lottery, then he rose up to quote unquote two. And then as soon as he got that ranking of, oh, this is the second best player in the, you know, the upcoming draft, he stinks the bed in the NCAA tournament and does not play well at all. He only has like one game out of three, I think he played in a tournament where he wasn't actually scoring from the field. So he was able to do something else. And that was get to the basket, which and get fouled. So he was able to, you know, get to the line, which is something that people have said that he, he is unable to do. He did it on the biggest stage in college basketball. So props to him. But what his best skill set is, is his scoring. And he just wasn't doing that. He was not doing that at all. That is not the only reason. I I'm, I don't put too much weight onto the tournament. I'm just saying that, that that's just the reality of what happened. Um, Where my concern is, is that he struggles to make plays for himself. But we have Lamella Ball. So, oh, you, he can make, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to make plays for himself. Whoever you pick between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller is more than likely going to be the second best player on your team. If the second best player on my team cannot create shots for himself, I don't care who is the point guard. We're going to struggle. And that's where I stand with that. Because And I'm saying that because he is not a excellent defender. Like he has the tools to be a defender. He's shown defensive upside, but he's not an excellent defender. He, you can be the best player on like Rudy Gobert for those jazz teams. He was easily the second best player. Some people would even say the first best player on those Utah jazz teams. We didn't have to score. So my thing is with Brandon Miller's best attribute being scoring, I need you to be able to create your own shot. That That's kind of just what I'm saying. And he just struggles to do that. There are times he disappears. It seems as though sometimes he's just not ready for the moment. I do. I will say, even though he was able to get to the line in that one NCAA tournament game, I will say he does struggle 
with finishing at the rim at times. He has gotten better over the course of the season. I think that part of that plays into why he was trending upward throughout the season. Alabama was good. That also helped the team trend upward throughout the season, helped his draft stock as well. I just don't really see it yet. That could change 100%. I am more than open. I want to get to the point where I am okay with the Charlotte Hornets picking up Brandon Miller. I want to be at that point. Right now, I am not. I have concerns about his defense. I have concerns about what he does. I know that incident without, it was just a weird thing, and I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to speak on it. My thing with certain things like that is how do you even get yourself in that position to where you jeopardize what you have going on? That is my concern with him. That that, that as far as off the court, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think like this is some life he lives. It's just more so. Why did you put yourself in that situation? Can that disappear in the NBA as far as he just never does anything like that again? Of course, 100%. But it's something you got to think about. Now, on to court, like I said, he struggles to create his own shot. While he shows defensive upside, it's not like he's this elite defender. He struggles to attack, you know, struggles to finish at the rim. Didn't show up in big games. What, what is there to like as far as over Scoot Henderson outside of his shooting? Brandon Miller has a higher projection as far as – actually, I would give Scoot Miller I – mean, I'm saying Scoot Miller. I would give Scoot Henderson the higher projection, but Brandon Miller has the higher floor. That That's what I want to say. Brandon Miller has the higher floor. I'm going to read off his numbers at Alabama. You let me know what you think of them, and we can kind of converse about that. Well, actually, we technically can't converse, but you get the point. So, at one year Alabama, also I would like to point out that he's 20, 20 and a half. So, take that as you will. I personally don't care. We have too many like 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds anyway. 19, yeah, whatever. So, it's whatever, but I just wanted to bring that up. So, at Alabama, he played in 37 games. Averaged 18.8 points a game. About one steal, one block. Two assists. Eight rebounds. While shooting, what is that, 43, 38, and 86. So, normally, when someone is shooting 43% from the field, it's because they take a lot of threes. He does. And what's crazy is that he is very efficient. 38%. That's very efficient for shooting threes, especially in college basketball. What would have you concerned is that inside the three point line, because shooting shooting threes is going to bring down your percentage. That that's just how it goes, especially if you take a lot of them. However, my point is the difference between his field goal percentage and three point percentage. It, it it's like his three his his field goal percentage is not brought down by his three point percentage in this case because he's shooting at such a high rate. So the fact that he's only shooting 43% for the field and not like 45, 46, I think it's because he struggles to finish at the rim. He struggles to score two-pointers, if you will. He doesn't really have much of a mid-range game. Part of that is because he can't create his own shot. Doesn't quite 
have a high free throw rate. He only shoots like five free throws a game, but he's 86% from the free throw line. So that's good. But five free throws a game is kind of eh, especially from a guy who in our instance, in the Charlotte Hornets interest will probably be your second best player. You kind of need him to constantly be putting pressure on the opposing defense, opposing team. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just what his numbers look like at Alabama. We can go in some advanced stats. I know not everybody's too crazy about those, but we can go into some. His true shooting percentage was a 58%, which I think is pretty good. Um, like I said, his free throw rate is a point thirty. Well, his free throw rates are 33%, not good. So he could get that up. That's really it. His the offensive box plus minus is a 7.8, and his defensive box plus minus is 4.3. A lot of that is that Alabama, I think, was a good defensive team, but he did play a part in that. I think he's a good rebounder, obviously, with eight rebounds a game. It just doesn't pop out to you when you watch him. That is my concern. When you watch Brandon Miller, you look at the stats, and like this is a stat-efficient guy. Like I'm looking at the stats, and I can't be upset. But when you watch him play, it does not stick out to you at all. And you can tell he's good. You can tell he's going to have a successful career in the NBA. But you can't tell how good he's going to be. You don't have a range. You watch him and say, this guy's going to be at most. He's going to be just a really good player to have on your team, whether he's a Star, superstar, or high-end role player, it's going to be one of them, which, hey, if you're going into the NBA, who doesn't want to be one of those? I mean, I know that everybody wants to be the superstar, but being a high-end role player, especially these days, pays. And at the end of the day, you're getting paid to play basketball, something you love to do. I understand everybody has higher aspirations, but those who can separate themselves and understand, okay, this is my role and accept it, they go far. So he he's definitely going to be a good player, but is he just this elite talent to where you take at two? My answer is no. And that is because when you watch Scoot Henderson, he's the best player on the floor every single time. When him and Wimby met up in Las Vegas, I want to say, for their little showcase or showdown, Scoot was hunting, hunting Victor Wimbyum almost every time. He was hunting him, not because Victor was bad. Victor, <laughs> Victor is not bad on defense. He was hunting him because he wanted. He felt like he had something to prove, and he did. He proved how good he was. After that game, there were people literally saying that Scoot Henderson might be better than Victor Wembanyama. Go look it up. In prevalent people, not just your random Twitter follower. It was important people that was saying Scoot better or the. The gap ain't quite where you know where you think it is between these two prospects. It was just stuff, a bunch of stuff like that. Now, I think what hurt Scoot is that he had nothing to play for. That is the problem with the G League Ignite. The team's usually never good, despite all the good prospects they have. The team's not quite good. The players rarely have things to play for. And so, therefore, any little minor injury or inconvenience he had, he would sit. And I would, too, because I have nothing to play for. But if you watch him play, you know that he wants to be on that four. You know he wants to perform at a high level. So if you were to replace Brandon Miller with Scoot and just say, let's say Scoot has his little nicks and injuries and stuff, ankles, shoulders, all that stuff, he would have played in the tournament. 
That that's all I'm saying. So you can look at that and say, oh, he's injury prone. I think it had everything to do with the G League Ignite. The team's not playing for anything. You've already kind of proven your case that you're two at, at this point in time when he, you know, he started to sit. What else is there for you to do? There's nothing you can do to get you one. And it, you're not really mad between two and three, to be honest. Uh, you know, you you obviously want to be two, but if someone wants to take Brandon Miller, then fine, they'll take Brandon Miller. But Scoot Henderson is just a better prospect. You watch him and he's just dominating. And I know he's playing in the G League, but these are NBA players. These are guys who maybe quite didn't make it, but at the end of the day, they're on a roster, an a NBA affiliate roster, which means the NBA values this player to some extent, whether how trash or good you think they are. The NBA values them to some, some extent if, if the team is keeping them on the G League. So these guys are not just your throwaways. These guys, it's not like a coach playing pickup basketball. He's playing against guys who maybe some are coming off injury and doing rehab games there. Or there's guys that are, you know, their guys have coming up and down on two-way contract. There's a bunch of things that are going on in the G League. So I know it may not be easy to assess. But at the end of the day, the one thing you can say is these guys have somewhat some kind of NBA talent. You are not putting someone on your G League team to just rot. You're not. I don't care if the guy doesn't play. You have him there for a reason. Even if it says no one else will have him. And it's more we'll get to him when we get to him type thing. We just don't want anyone else to have him. That could be your reasoning. Fine. But Scoot was dominating these players. He was dominating every single one of these players. So that is why I will be. I would want the Charlotte Hornets to go scoot. I want to get into the point, into the position where I'm okay with Brandon Miller because I do think Brandon Miller is a good prospect. I think anyone between scoot and Brandon Miller, you're dead. They're going to be the second best player on your team behind LaMelo, which is not bad. I recently did an episode of uh, Hive Hoops with my guy Jade Balta. Go check that out. And in that episode of his podcast, we talked about Brandon Miller and Scoot, like we're doing here. And one thing I brought up to him was with Brandon Miller or Scoot, you're getting someone who will be your second best player. Why is that important? At worst, at worst, they'll be your second best player. But why is that important? That is important because two years ago, we were okay. Maybe a year ago, I guess. We were okay with Miles Bridges being LaMelo's running mate in terms of building up this team and taking on the playoffs. We were okay with having Miles Bridges be that second guy. We were saying, oh, all we need is a center. Give us LaMelo, Miles Bridges. We like our chances. Next year, I know things are a little different because even if we bring back Miles, it's no guarantee he'll be the same player. But next year, it's, we have a potential lineup of LaMelo, Miles and Mark, which is something, like I said, two years ago, we said, if you give us that, we think we can make the playoffs. So not only will you have that, but then you add Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. And like I said, I think those guys will be your second best player. So if you were okay with Miles Bridges being your second best player, and I think both these guys will in the end be better than Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges falls to your third best player when you were just okay with him being your second best player on a playoff team. That shows you what kind of talent these 
these two are. That's why I want to be okay with getting Brandon Miller. Getting Brandon Miller wouldn't be ah, this sucks. We got Brandon Miller. It would just be ah, we missed out on Scoot Henderson because we had a chance to take him and we didn't. So that's where it gets difficult because at the end of the day, at worst, I think both these guys are just your second best player. But with Scoot Henderson, you have the potential for him to be your first best player. Scoot Henderson, even though he's a 6'2", he's 6'2", 195. He is one of the quickest first steps I've seen. He can't be stopped. Teams have tried. They cannot stop him. And he's a good playmaker. He can rebound extremely well for his size. He's able to finish at the rim. I think he's a good player. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the best point guard prospects that we've seen. And we're going to see a ton of Brandon Miller being marked to the Charlotte Hornets or mocked to the Charlotte Hornets. I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, I just don't think to let, I just don't want it to fool you and tell you that Scoot Henderson is not the best prospect. We're going to read off his stats real quick for the G League Ignite. They're not impressive at all. I'm 100%. Scoot is a you-have-to-watch type player because, once again, playing for the G League Ignite, in and out of the lineup, and it's just that whole circuit down there is just is just weird in a way. I, I It's just more so, especially with the G League Ignite, it's like, hey, let's take this player and just overly use him and try to make him do everything so he can make it to the next level. Actually, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to look up Jalen Green's numbers when he was in the uh, draft. Let's see. Okay, full draft 2021, Jalen Green. So let's look at his numbers when he, and then we'll just do the, okay, so we'll read Scoot first, and then I'll read you Jalen Green's. So Scoot Henderson, when he was playing for the G League at night, 17.6 points per game, one steal, 0.4 blocks, six assists, five rebounds, shooting 75% from the free throw line, which he's only taking three a game, so you definitely, with his aggression, want him to get to the line more, similar to LaMelo. Uh, LaMelo had trouble trying to, you know, kind of contort his body in a way to get those calls. Scoot will probably have to work on that as well. Now, the kicker is he shoots 32% from three, 100%. I get it. It's not a good percentage. I do think it can get better because Brandon Miller's not athletic. Scoot Henderson is one of the most athletic people I've seen. You can teach someone to shoot, but you can't teach someone to be more athletic. It, it just is how it is. You look at his field goal percentage, 44%. So that's similar to what I was saying earlier about Brandon Miller. While Brandon Miller was shooting 43% from the field, he was shooting 38% from three. So when you consider someone shooting 38% from three, having them shoot 43% from the field is not good. So you look at this case. Scoot Henderson's shooting 44% from the field, but 32. So he's shooting like crap from the three-point line. But his average is still a decent average for a guard. So that means in the paint, once he comes in, he he's hard to stop. And he is. He has a he has a lethal mid-range. Lethal mid-range. A lot of people don't talk about it. So Look at that with Scoot Henderson. Like I said, it's more of a you got to watch him play. So now we're going to read Jalen Green's kind of stats and then kind of just compare. And because I think Jalen Green has turned into a good player. I do also will say that he definitely needs some things to work on his game, but he's 
he is as advertised. You got exactly what you saw in the G League. I mean, obviously, he's gotten better and better. But as far as just the mode of player he is, there was no surprises. Everything he did in the G League, he does in the NBA. So that is what you're hoping with Scoot. Because Scoot was dominant. While his numbers may not show it, you look at the games. And he was dominant. So anyway, let's go look at Jalen Green's numbers. He sh- he had, uh, what year was this? 2020-2021. He averaged 18 points a game. One and a half steals. Basically, no blocks. 2.8 assists and 4.1 rebounds, shooting 83% from the field, 37% from three, and 46% from the field overall. I must have said 80. Did I say 83% from the field? I mean, 83% from free throw. I don't know. But, yeah, overall, way, way better efficient shooter than Scoot Henderson. Uh, but the numbers aren't too crazy. Numbers aren't too crazy. Uh, but he he's doing this in the NBA, and that's kind of my point. He's shooting, you know, somewhat efficiently. He's a very crafty player. I like watching Jalen Green play. I think he's one of the better young offensive prospects in the NBA. Well, you know, young players in the NBA. Uh, but I mean, the numbers are here. They're very similar to Scoots. I've, his averages are better than Scoots. He's a he's a better pure shooter than Scoot. Hundred ten percent. Not trying to argue that. But you look at what Scoot does outside of that. He does so much, so many other things well. When this was Jalen Green's thing, just being a scorer. Scoot Henderson scores. He can defend. He can pass. He can rebound. He can do everything. And while it may not be the prettiest, he can do it all to a high level. He may not shoot the best, but you can't leave him open. And then also, if you if you drop. He's going to blow by you, and you're not going to be able to catch up with him. You drop and think you're going to sink, sink, sink. He's strong enough to just bully you when he attacks the basket and then finish it in. But then if you step up to him, he can just blow by you, even if you start to respect his shot, because I said that a little backwards. If you step up to him to, you know, to respect his shot, he can blow by you. So I think if you think about that if you think about just the different ways he can beat you, you look at that and say, no, we need that. That's what the Charlotte Hornets need. Brandon Miller has certain ways he's going to beat you. Scoot can beat you in so many different ways, and you have to be aware of that. That is why I like Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. I want to like both because I'm not saying Brandon Miller's trash at all. I'm just saying when you watch Scoot Henderson, the dude literally is a highlight every time. And that's what the Hornets like to do. Brandon Miller is more of a, you watch him, this is a really good player. But it's not a highlight like Scoot. It's not like a who is this guy moment. You don't have that with Brandon Miller. Um, but yeah, I'll be definitely watching the highlights for both all the time. I'll probably know the highlights by heart. And I will be reporting every week. Probably next week we'll do a mock draft on here. But anyway, uh, that does it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me at 1 a.m. is when I'm recording this. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm so glad that the Hornets moved up. It sucks that we didn't get Wimby, but it's great. I'm grateful that we didn't get eight because once the eight came around seven, that's the lowest we could have dropped. And I was like, please don't get us that. And what a lot of people don't know is six. We actually had the highest odds to get six as far as individual picks. We had like a 25, 26% chance of being sixth. So once we didn't get six, I was kind of okay. And then for us to just even get two is just amazing. So I it sucks we didn't, didn't get Victor. Shout out to the San Antonio Spurs. But hey, I'm not mad with Scoot or Brandon. I prefer Scoot, but I'm not mad with either or. Let me know what you think by following me on Twitter at 
Truzzbuzz, T-R-U-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z. And let's talk hoops. Let's talk Charlotte Hornets. I mean, we should all be rejoicing that we got a second overall pick. I know it's not first, but Scoop Anderson is a fantastic player. So just let me know what you think down in the comment section. Well, not in the comment section. I'm, I'm thinking of YouTube. But just let me know. Find me on YouTube uh, at TrustTheBuzz. Find me on Twitter or in your comment don't forget to rate the show please rate the show but just let me know what you think of scoot and brandon miller and just what you think of the draft lottery overall until then i'll see you guys next time peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.